Swinging Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. Today's episode is with Frank DeMeo out of Sarasota, Florida. He is the coordinator of MaceFit.com. MaceFit.com does certifications for coaching and, and creating affiliates. They use the infamous Adex Mace and Club system that um, you might have seen people using. It's uh, basically a heavy swinging type system, but it's adjustable and it incorporates into the Mace Fit system very well. Uh, we have a great discussion about, you know, I have Frank starting out uh, back in the day in the military. Uh, he talks about doing martial arts. He talks about getting into strength training, a little bit of his fighting that he would do. Uh, and then, you know, he talks about starting kettlebells back in like 2003, back when uh, it was a little unheard of and, and how, you know, we're experiencing mace today and he sees the same thing that mace is just going to grow as well as the kettlebell grew. So want you guys to kick back and enjoy the discussion we have. But before we go, just want to send a shout out to our sponsors who happen to be Mace Fit as well as Addicts Mace. We're talking a lot of Mace Fit and a lot of Addicts Mace today. So um, they are sponsors. They believe in the podcast, and, and I really appreciate that from them. They're good guys down there, Don and, and uh, Frank. And, uh, we, and don't forget, OnGo Energy Spray. Use the discount code SteelMace25 to get a discount on OnGo Energy Spray. And as far as Adex Mace, you can use the discount code SMN19 to get 10% off uh, all Adex products. So, guys, chill out and relax and have fun with this podcast. Thanks a lot. So, Frank, uh, you know, um, just talking about the weather and everything, um, what's the weather going to be like in Miami on February 8th for the Vintage Strength Games? Should be perfect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a few hours south of word. Southwest Florida, they're further south on the East Coast, so they're, uh, it should be excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, like I, I said to you on the phone when I was, <laughs> when I was talking to you, uh, my wife is all gung-ho about this trip. I mean, she, she loves the beach, and so uh, we're going to be staying, you know, close to the beach, and I'm going to just, like, get a car service or something to drive me into the games and do the podcast and everything. And I wish I could get to, over to your facility, but I, it's just not going to happen, at least this time around. Uh, but I'm looking into making it happen sooner or later and because uh, your place looks fascinating. Is there anything – Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, is there anything like your place – around you or are you kind of like unique to the area yeah we're pretty unique to the area then you know we got a a lot of uh you know the big chain gyms and uh you know a number of crossfit gyms and so on but we're pretty much uh in what we're doing here yeah pretty much unique overall yeah so your place is called the cave right all right and it used to be a CrossFit, and it, you you got rid of CrossFit. Is that what happened? You didn't like it anymore, <laughs> or yeah? Uh... Uh, there, there's a little bit of a backstory with all that. If if you got a few minutes, I'll fill you in. Man. Yeah, why not? Let's let's find out what is yeah, what it is. Yeah, well, I came out of a lengthy martial arts background of uh, fifteen twenty years worth of martial arts, and I was always looking for better ways to train, to get stronger, faster, have more knockout power and so on. So back in the early 2000s, I found, came across a number of different ways to train. Uh, Bud Jeffries, a strong man, was a big influence on my training. Uh, Jed Johnson with the grip uh, over there at Diesel Crew. And uh, I ran into uh, martial arts training uh, from Russia, who, who trained me in Sistema for a while, was a big influence. And then, of course, CrossFit was the, I came across them in 2004 and 2005 I got affiliated with them and for the next um, 12 years I was with them and but I was always oh yeah and Zach Evanish let me not forget Zach Zach all these things happened almost the same time frame same 2004 2005 so 
after 12 years, I was still parallel uh, training with Bob stuff and Zach stuff, and I just then the long, and it was just time to part company, go my own way. So. Uh-huh. Uh, where did where did you train with Zach Evanesh in Jersey? Uh, well, actually, I, I started following him online. Yeah, when he was still training people with with rocks and logs in his backyard, uh, <laughs> way back in the early days, we just connected, and then I, I just stayed in touch with him over the years. I took his uh, level one certification, then I took his level two certification later on. So we got you know the underground strength coach uh, level two. Yeah, been a big influence on me. But uh, Zach, yeah, Zach actually came down to Miami. And uh, he did one uh, certification there. Then he came to the Orlando area. He did another one there. Yeah. I went to both of them. So that's how we crossed paths in person. Okay. That wasn't in Jersey. It was down here. So. Yeah, because he's literally like a couple of towns over from where I'm at right now. You know, he's a, he's a Jersey guy. And he's I think he's in Manasquan or something like that. I follow him too. And um, I know he's been around for a while. So – that's pretty cool that you hooked up with him back in the early days when, like you said, he's like carrying rocks in his backyard and whatnot. So you, um, uh, you, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You broke. And I love. Mm. You there, man? We lost him. Hey, Fred. Yeah, yeah, we lost you a little bit there. You hear us? I hear you, but I don't see you. Hey, what's up? Okay. You got me? You hear me? You okay, see me? I got visual now. I see you. All right. But I don't hear you. You don't hear me? Hello, hello? Check your mute button again. Can they do, can he get tinfoil and make an antenna and put it in the hole in the laptop sticking up? Does that work? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got you now. I just had to move, had to move a different part of the gym. Frank, I don't know much about technology myself either, but I think if you go outside and rip your car antenna off your your vehicle and stick it into the hole on your laptop, it'll make it all better. <laughs> you, well, you try. Well, hang on a minute. All right. <laughs> well, I want to see if it works first. You never know. That'll, that'll be the best hack ever. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> That's 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 just the uh, way firemen fix things, you know. Just rip rip an antenna off a car and stick it in there. That's good. <laughs> See if it works. All right. I mean, we got you now. No, that's good, man. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just moving around the gym here till I can get a good signal. So. All right. So I if, think we're okay. Yeah. If you could keep talking, uh, we'll just keep going here. Um. So. Are you using a laptop or a phone? I'm using a Kindle. A Kindle. My phone doesn't have my phone doesn't have a uh, phone jack in it or a microphone. Okay. Headset. So I got to use. I got an Android phone, but it won't work with this unless I'm talking without the headset. All right. How's the signal now? Yeah, it looks good. I I like that backdrop better. What is that behind you? What is going on there? Uh, oh, that's the gallows. The gallows. I love it, man. That's what. That's, that's where we hang them, man. Yeah. So, uh, it's got seven or eight pull-up, uh, different types of pull-up stations there. So, Is that something you built? Uh, one of my friends built it. He's a carpenter, so he, he built it all. And uh, uh, we got the fat grips. We got the steel grip balls, uh, closed grip handles, uh, ropes, rings, uh, all that kind of stuff up there. So that periodically is- we'll do the uh, gallows pull-up. They'll have do a set of pull-ups on each implement and move to the next one and go for like a half an hour or an hour, see what they can do. So, Wow. 
That is really wild. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have a very interesting looking gym. And I was looking on um, uh, cavestrong.net and um, I see a guy holding like a big rock. And and plus you got daily workouts on there, right? Right, right. We got over, I think we're on 547 that's been posted so far. So Yeah, every day you're posting a new workout. Pretty much. Yeah, five well. Uh, Monday through Friday, yeah. Okay, and that's that's yeah. free. I mean, people could go on there and they could just grab that for free. And right, yeah, that's cool. I mean, you know, a lot of yeah. uh, so. I mean, you always have like a mace workout in in there, but there's other stuff slipped in too. Oh yeah, well, we, we run two separate websites. We run macefit.com, right? And I post uh, workouts up there uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So that's um. And we're over two, oh shoot, over 230 workouts posted up there so far. That's a lot. That should keep you yeah. busy, right? What up? <laughs> uh, and also, you have the Iron Brotherhood Weightlifting Club. Is that um, just like a, a, a subset of the whole gym, or is that everybody in the gym involved? No, that's actually something we started about roughly four years ago. And it's a it's a community thing. It's something we do free once a month, and uh, guys only, because uh, yeah, wow, we're not inclusive. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's got guys only, and uh, so we come in, we lift hard for about an hour and a half, then we go eat barbecue. Oh, oh man, and you do that once a month, and anybody could come. Yeah. Oh man, see, I I mean, I would I would just be a member of your gym anyway, but. That alone is awesome. <laughs> I mean, lift, go nuts, and then and then go eat some barbecue. And what about yeah, this? Lift. The the you have a quote. I love this quote. A common struggle builds an uncommon bond. What can you tell me about that quote? Where did that come from? First of all, well, that's actually an original one. That um, part of that is. There's a lot of many, many veterans in this area. And a lot of times when they get out of the military, one of the first things that they'll say they miss is the brotherhood. Yeah. And that's uh, a big thing. They get out and they're used to that tight brotherhood that they had, uh, whether they were stateside or deployed, you know, even more so when the guys that are in the, in the combat areas. But when they get out, that's not there. Yeah. So, and, uh, now we can't we cannot replace that that's irreplaceable right. okay that that bond there's no nothing's going to duplicate that now I'm sure firefighters and law enforcement have a similar thing for their fields yeah. of you know having a tight team that you work with yep um so I mean you guys are going you guys are you know you guys are facing death going into burning buildings and everything not every, not everybody has the guts to go do that so that's a pretty pretty uh, unique brand of courage so anyway, we're trying to give them a something that they can get behind, you know, that they can have a common um, mindset. Okay, yeah. so they can be, you know, we, we we fight the iron, we don't fight anything else. So yeah. just, you know, bring it here. Uh, also, it, it's not military only; it is civilians too. As I've also found that a lot of military guys, when they get out there, they don't want to be around civilians or they don't trust them or they just can't relate to them. Right. And so this is kind of a, find some civilian guys here that they lift with all the time and eat with all the time and come to find out that, ah, well, we can have friends that are civilians and friends that have friends that are military that were not in the military. So yeah. it's, that's part of the brotherhood and the common, you know, common struggle and the uncommon bond so that's uh pretty much how it works yeah so kind of a plus the local uh va has uh they like what we're doing here so they they post our iron brotherhood workouts in their newsletter that goes out every month so oh no way cool yeah, we're pretty happy about that yeah the um the need for you know doing something physically exercise and everything it's so important um especially i guess you know for guys when they retire from the military or retire from police or whatever, it's like you're, you're used to being physically active and, and then uh, just to kind of pull that away and not do anything. Um, 
it hurts, you know. It's not it's not good for you physically to sit around and do anything anyway, but it really you you're missing that part of it and and like the struggle is what it's all about and and we find ourselves in in the struggle. So it's great when you have your brothers next to you where whether it's lifting weights or it's going to combat or fighting fires or whatever, you know, you you can uh, understand each other because you're both in that struggle together. And really, I mean, it really breaks down all the bullshit, right? Yeah. 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 Especially so like, uh, even our local church got behind it. They like the idea too. They advertise it also because there were a lot of veterans over there also. So yeah. They, uh, and you're so an they, Air uh, Force veteran? Uh, I was with the uh, Army Airborne Paratroopers. Oh, that's right. Airborne. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, the Air Force was our taxi. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> they got you where you had to go for your mission. And what um, what years were you in the military? I was up. I was actually well with the paratroopers. I was with them for four years, uh, eighty three to eighty seven, at Fort Bragg. I was at other other duty station also, but that's the one the one I'm most endeared to is Fort Bragg. So yeah, wow. For uh, uh, is Fort Bragg like the premier place to for for airborne? Is that like yeah? The, yeah, that's the that's the spot, right? Yeah, that's uh, best training. Well, they used to have uh, you know, of course, you had the eighty second airborne down the street from us. Where I was with the twenty seventh airborne combat engineers. And we, of course, you had the special forces there. You had Delta Force there, and uh, all that kind of stuff going on. So. It was, pretty cool place yeah and how did you like jumping out of planes i guess you must have liked it huh uh yeah it was great man just um uh, you know the landings were the thing you know <laughs> yeah that's the hard part right <laughs> for well for some yeah, people but, uh, so, uh, they say any, any one of the jumps you walk away from was a good jump so that's you didn't break a leg or anything and so that's pretty good yeah because you guys used a, a different kind of parachute than like like what civilians would use right yeah in fact i'm sure now they have even different ones than we had but they didn't want one with a lot of steering capability when you're putting hundreds of people in the air one time at night yeah that's so you don't want them all running into each other so. right you just want everybody dropping at, straight down but the problem as is much as possible, yes. Yeah, but the problem is the landing. They steer a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, they they cover the landing really well. You rehearse the landings over and over and over again, but you know there's always the unforeseen. But yeah, overall, never only got one concussion during those years, so that was can't complain. Oh, that's I guess that's good. <laughs> I would think. <Yeah. laughs> I would think there'd be more than one, but yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. And now. You also started learning how to do hand-to-hand combat in, in Airborne, and that's how you started to your journey down the road with martial arts? Is that what how it occurred? No, actually, it was uh, – I started my martial arts training as a, grown, as a teenager was in uh, up in Massachusetts, and then family moved down here. My dad was a career Marine, and he was, uh, you know, he was in World War II – Korea and Vietnam. Uh, in Vietnam, he was stateside, but he was still in. So uh, he thought martial arts would be a good thing for me and my uh, younger brother to do. So we got we got started in that in uh, the late '60s, and I just my brother eventually quit, and I kept on going. So uh, just stayed with that for classical classical martial arts for about ten years, and then uh, the next five years we were experimenting with incorporating boxing into our box. This is before the ultimate fighting championships. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're talking about mid seventies. So we, we started, um, experimenting with, you know, full contact fighting and then moving away from the point system into full contact. And, uh, yep. I got, uh, I got some good painful lessons. It was well worth it. Yeah. You know, get first. In fact, as a result of that, that training, that was what actually got, got me interested in strength training because I had one, I went up one match, five round match against this big Irishman from New York. 
who also knew how to box. And it was, uh, plus he was 50 pounds bigger than I was. So it was a real interesting, uh, for about the first four and a half rounds until he knocked me out. So, uh, <laughs> what did he knock you out with? Do you remember? Never saw it coming. Uh, yeah, no. I have but, no idea what knocked but me I, out. But I, I, knocked I, me out. Yeah. But I do remember, you know, the guy, you know, by today's standards, he wasn't that big, but I was so small. Yeah. You know, a 50 pound weight difference is uh, plus the guy with boxing experience, regardless of your martial arts experience, that boxing experience matters a lot. And we were starting to pick up boxing, but he was already pretty good at boxing. Yeah. So, but I remember twice I kicked this guy full blast and once in the face and once in the side of the head. And he didn't go down. And uh, I mean, I kicked him hard, too. I mean, his head got rocked back, but he stayed up. Wow. And uh, he kept he kept coming, you know. So that's when I decided, when I woke up with the smelling salts later on, that I wasn't strong enough. Yeah, I, I didn't have the stopping power, you know, to, to, to stop a guy like that. Even if I could hit him, I wasn't dropping him, you know. Right. So that's um, now I've had a lot of that change in years after that. And I, I actually uh, fought a guy in the street one time on the job, of course. And uh, we got into it at work. And uh, he told me later on, he said, man, you almost knocked me out with one punch. And it's like. Okay, well, things have changed, so that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do guys do at work? You know, get in brawls and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a heavy construction job, you know, so, you know, highway construction, that kind of pretty rough crowd, but, you know, yeah. fun times. Right. And your strength training that you started doing, did you put mass on? You, you put on muscle? I got, uh, well, first, the first thing I found was kettlebells, yeah. you know, so I, w I wasn't really, uh, as far as putting on muscle, but I was, I mean, you get somewhat depending on how heavy you're going, how much you do, like any other training, you know, but it was, it was a good addition. And then, uh, of course, then when I started adding in the, the barbell work and all that type of stuff, then things started moving ahead a lot more for strength wise and so on. So what year uh, and over the what year did you start using kettlebells? I first found kettlebells in 2003. Okay. So that's... they were pretty much uh, unknown back then, except for kind of like where maces are now Yeah. in the culture. Right. It's starting to emerge, but most people are still like, what's that? You know, yeah. it's like, those look, those look dangerous, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we went through all that with kettlebells. Like, so this is like, uh, like deja vu, you know, because we already been down this road before. Yeah. So we started doing that. You know, I got a hold of of uh, Pavel's book. You know, the Russian kettlebell challenge was a big influence on me. And uh, I don't know if you remember a guy named Mike Mahler from Aggressive Strength Training. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got to go to a couple of a Mike seminars in the early days and got learned from him. And uh, he was the first guy I ever saw I was working with two hundred pound kettlebells at once. And uh, a pretty impressive guy. So, and his emphasis was on heavy kettlebell work. So, I mean, that was good. Yeah. So that was pretty much, um, and and then you started doing the kettlebells, the barbell work, and you kept your martial arts going as well, and incorporated boxing into your martial arts, and all these things started to come together, and you saw your your athletic abilities move up, and you 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 saw that you were able to fight better. Yeah, it was it was a good. All the way around, it was good. Um, of course, we had Zach Kevinish and stuff with all the auto object lifting and all that type of stuff. And uh, like I said, with Bud, Bud Jeffries with the strongman stuff, I've known Bud for years. And uh, a personal friend, he doesn't live that far away from me. So uh, Bud's training was heavy on uh, partial lifts and isometrics. And we did a lot with them. We still do. So that's... Um, all that kind of worked together. Now, I don't teach martial arts anymore. I quit teaching martial arts a number of years ago. Yeah. And um, so now my main focus now is actually uh, the cave gym itself and developing a mace fit program. Yeah. And so you pro you predominantly use addicts, maces, and clubs with your with your uh, mace programs. Um, right. Which I also – and you also offer a certification – that people can right. take to learn a mace fit program and 
how to incorporate addicts into that program. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like how that all started, how you got connected with Don, um, what you find uh, addicts, Mace, good for, so on? Yeah, sure. I was, like I said, I've always been looking for better ways to train, more effective ways, and, you know, sort through all the the nonsense, frivolous junk that's out there to find stuff that's real world type of thing, you know? So I was watching uh, a product review from uh, with Chip Conrad from Body Tribe and uh, Dave Hall from Agogi Fitness, and they were doing a product review of, of the addicts. And I was watching it, and I'd been seeing clubs before, like 10 years before with uh, Scott Sonnen with his, his training. And I thought it was interesting, but it really didn't grab a hold of me back then. So, right. so I saw the Attic Club. I thought it was adjustable. And uh, I go, hmm, so I need to get one of them. So I posted that in the comments. Well, Don, who I never met before, says, I have clubs. Talk to me. And the next thing you know, he drives up from Deerfield Beach up to my gym. And he does a free workshop back in uh, January uh, 2016. So that's how me and Donnie got connected. And so he came up, and as soon as I got my hands on the equipment, I go, I told him, I said, this, this is the next wave of fitness, this yeah. right here. Yeah. And uh, so it just, just got a hold of me right away, and we started uh, implementing it into our training here. And of course, like I said, we were doing you know, strongman powerlifting, Olympic lifting, Zach stuff, and all that kind of stuff. So what we did was you know, the guys were all geared into that type of training. Yeah. So what I did was I took the maces and clubs and we started doing them for warm-ups originally. Right. Then we go do our, our strongman stuff for powerlifting, and they just got more and more interested in it. So now we run separate mace fit classes um, five days a week that are just maces and clubs. Then we still do our other training, which sometimes will have mason clubs in that also. But um, So that's how kind of how it came about. Wow, that's incredible! I love the um, the genesis of it. How you got this like core group of of clients, guys, you know, customers, members, and they're all training. They're doing you know traditional and and powerlifting and everything, and they start using the mace. They start doing three sixties, and and they start using the clubs. They're doing the the gamma cast, right? They're doing all these different moves. And what are they what are they saying? They're 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 loving it, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that they, you know, as strong as they were in the other things, then they grab a mace and, uh, you know, get their butt kicked. And, like, this thing is, like, so light compared to what the other stuff we do. It's like, it's, like it shouldn't be this hard to do, you know? Yeah. Anyway, but it was. Yeah. So that was a great, because again, kind of a challenge. They liked it. And so it, it just grew from there. And the fact of why edX is, like, that's, our official equipment of, of mace fit that's like it's the only brand we work with yeah and uh the being the plate loadable feature is really the key uh I'll, but you know i also like that it, it's made here in florida american made american steel yeah and donnie's always backed them up with a lifetime guarantee so that's you know it's made here in america by american craftsmen american steel and made in florida i mean heck man this is like a no-brainer yeah but yeah. The, the plate loadable feature is really the thing because, you know, because we like to run small group classes. And if, you, if you're going to run, if you're going to train alone and you don't plan on training anybody else, you can grab a fixed weight mace from anybody and do that. Yeah. You know, if you want to, you know, you want to just do flow with whatever weight you want to do, you buy your fixed weight mace and do that. Or if you want to do, um, more traditional and you're only going to be by yourself buy a fixed weight mace but if you're going to uh, you want to run a group class and you you got to have the plate loadable feature and the other thing is if you want to get strong doing this a fixed weight mace isn't going to cut it unless you buy a bunch of different weights yeah okay so if you want you know if if you buy a 10 pound mace and you think that's all you're going to need don't Plan on being able to swing a sixty-pound mace down the road because it's not going to happen. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you have to progress and you have to do it in in a fashion that's not going to hurt yourself, right? So you got to be right. able to, you know, like I, the way I've been doing it, and you know, 
maybe this is how you guys do it similarly, but I'll I'll warm up with something light and then I'll I'll progress up to my like what my max weight is for that day. Say it's a twenty five pound. And then um, I'll swing until my form starts to get shitty or whatever. And then I say, okay, I, I, that's my body telling me something. And then I'll, I'll back the weight off. And then I'll do some lighter sets and pyramid back down. I find that's the most effective way for me because I'm getting my reps in that way. And the as I back off the weight, it's still pushing me at my threshold because I'm starting to get tired. So it's kind of like you're still hammering the heavy weight. You're just you're doing what you your body allows you to do. No, no, that that that, that will work. Yeah. <laughs> that will work. Yeah, and yeah. addicts makes that a lot easier because you could change the plates and not have yeah. a whole bunch of different fixed weights sitting by your side there. And but let's back up. You said that uh, to do a class, the addicts makes it easier to do a class. Why is that? Well, when you get, I'll give you a real world example. If I if I got like my little tiny wife in here, and just uh, she's strong, but she's little. She's really little. So if she might need to use um, ten pounds or even five pounds on exercise, but then I I bring in uh, put her next to the guy we um, we uh, call forklift here, Kyle. Kyle likes you know, 55 pound club. Yeah. So they can do the same exercise side by side because they can adjust the weight, add the weight, take them off, put them on, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, so and if you got half a dozen people here, I don't, I don't see running big classes with maces um, ongoing unless you have, unless you have more than one coach on the floor, you know, that's, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Six, Six, seven, eight people at the max. Other than that, um, to me, six or less is ideal. Yeah, but, otherwise, you're, as a coach, your span of control starts to diminish as you start to add more people. You're not, you're not really giving a good quality coaching experience to the people when you're, dis- you're looking over here at these three people and you're not seeing what the other person on that end is doing. You want to be able to help everybody. No, you're right, man. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's, and it's a, you know, when this is done correctly, it's very safe. Yes. You know, if you just person tries to just, uh, do things on their own with no coaching and they pick one up and start flailing around anything can happen. You know, I mean, you can pick up basic things online and, um, off of YouTube or whatever. I mean, you can learn how to do a 360 off of YouTube. Yeah. Okay. You can learn that without a coach. All right. Uh, not saying how far you progress, but you could at least start. Okay. So the, the coaching was, uh, very important. In fact, once I met Donnie and he gave us a hands on, he did like two workshops for us within a few months time, all hands on. Very good. Then, uh, uh, Donnie connected me to uh, Valerie Pulowski. Yep. who was just a- excellent. Uh, and so I went through a, a like eight week course with her and Donnie. And that was that was online. And then Donnie introduced me to Rick Brown, and Rick back then Rick Brown had his online course. So I got in, in uh, Rick Brown's uh, Mace course for like a year and a half, every uh-huh. week just about with Rick. So, wow, wow, uh, yeah, a year so that and was a half. A, that was majority of my Mace learning was from Rick. So yeah, yeah, and he got you swinging pretty well, right? I mean that that guy knows how to get anybody swinging a heavy mace, right? It's pretty remarkable how he teaches. Yeah, yeah, Rick, Rick's uh, you know top of the mountain in the mace world as far as I'm concerned. And but the whole idea was it was coaching. It wasn't just like watching a video with no feedback. Okay. Yeah. yeah view your stuff and correct you and tell you what you're doing right, wrong, whatever. You know, you pull up a video on YouTube, which is still better than nothing, um, and you want to learn something on YouTube, well, go ahead and do it. But You're going to do better with a coach. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? And definitely for swings, too. And also, who who are you watching? I mean, you know, is yeah. make sure if you're going to do it off of watching a video, make sure it's the right guy you're watching or right woman. You don't want just right. some guy who just did his first video because he, he thinks he's swinging pretty good. And he yeah. might he might not be, and you're just imitating a bad form that way. 
and and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everybody has their nuances when they swing. And since I started coaching it, you know, I mean, I keep learning more about my swing and, um, but I see different things with different people and different things work with different people. Um, it's amazing. Like, you know what I, I'll, I'll think, Oh, I know how to get this person swinging right. And I'll do what I did last week with somebody else. It won't, it, it confuses them. It's like the total yeah. opposite. So you go, you have to really learn different cues and different methods. But you know, the first, one of the main things that we teach in a certification course right up front is, uh, Dr. Fred Hatfield's, um, law of individual differences. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to gear it to each person's capabilities, experience level, uh, you know, whether they've had prior injuries or any of this other kind of stuff there. So you gotta, that's another reason smaller classes are better. And, uh, when I used to teach martial arts, I taught martial arts, you know, a, a good size class was 15, 20 people. But every now and then I get to like I go to work for a community center and run a class there. Not work, but then hold a class there. I got a hundred kids in one class. You know? Wow! It was like, of course, back then they could tell them to shut up and stand at attention, and they had to do it, <laughs> yeah. and they wouldn't call mommy or their lawyer, and uh, you know, put you in jail. Yeah, for discipline, you know. So, yeah. uh, but uh, over the years, you know, because I started. First time I ever coached anybody was assistant instructor at my dojo, and that was like 50 years ago. And uh, so between that and all the years of martial arts, and then years in the military, and then since then till now, you know, it hadn't been a consecutive 50 years of training people, but it's been much of that time been training people in some capacity or the other, whether it's maces or explosives or you know, some type of weapon or, or martial arts or whatever. And, uh, so coaching is coaching, no matter what you're applying it to and basics are basics. Basics are what work and people that know how to teach the basics and emphasize them and know how to progressively move forward, build on the basics, a variation of the basics. They're going to get people strong and fit and do it safely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a, a testament to your abilities as a coach because you can you, you can you can teach all these different things. Like you said, you could teach people explosives or hand to hand combat. So basically, you've seen it all. I mean, you've seen you've, you've heard all the questions. Well, I'm probably not all, but a lot. Of, you know, um, and, but you've seen people have having struggles learning stuff and as a coach or an instructor, you always got to be able to take a step back and say, you know, how, how can I help this person, uh, get around this, this roadblock that they're having? Um, I mean, teaching different subjects and different material is, is a great way to diversify your coaching. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, the one common thing I've seen out of all those different areas of, uh, different types of coaching for different scenarios, Probably the biggest thing of most important is establishing strong basics. I know, let's say basics aren't sexy, but basics are what get results. So you have to lay the foundation of basics. Like I said, I don't care if it's martial arts or if it's maces and clubs or any of the military uh, stuff there. You have to have the basics down. You can't just try to uh, jump ahead. You know, you got to climb the ladder. You can't jump to the top rung. Okay, you got to got to have a foundation. You know, that's like back. You know, when I started off in martial arts, it was a very traditional style, and they spent a lot of time on very simple technique. Yeah. You know, then people wanted to uh, they see something from somewhere else, another style, and they see a flashy spinning jumping kick or something like that, and it's like you can't go there from here until you are well established in your basic technique. You want to move on to that later on? Fine. You know, it's like, you know, if you can't, uh, you know, you take a mace, if you if you can't even stabilize the mace with a light weight just in the isometric hold, you got no business putting it around behind your head. You know, it's like you're not, you can't control it. Yeah, right. You know, that's like, Um, did you uh, were you a fan of Bruce Lee at all? 
Yeah, definitely, because he was still alive when I was uh, training back yeah. then. I, I, that's and why I was, asked. Yeah, he was uh, he was shaking things up in the martial arts world because the, the traditionalists want a very clean, traditional style, and he was very much a hybrid uh, martial artist. And uh, But, he, you know, what he was doing was working, so yeah. I paid a lot of attention to him. And there was a lot of some very good fighters emerging during that time. And, uh, you know, it's, um, well, believe it or not, uh, Chuck Norris used to be a top martial arts competitor, you know, aside yeah. from whatever happened on television. Right. But he was good. Um, Bill Wallace was a top fighter. Uh, Joe Lewis. Uh, Benny Urquidez uh, was actually uh, Leo Curtis' uncle. Right, right. He was, he was one of the top fighters of the day. Incredible fighter. Yeah. Ben, Benny the Jet. <laughs> yeah, and and I that's why I asked because um you you mentioned the time frame and when you were when you started incorporating boxing into your fighting and and I remember uh something with Bruce Lee, he he took a little boxing into his Jeet Kune Do style that he created and um pretty much enhanced his fighting abilities by adding the boxing in, right? And nope, the traditionalists didn't have that in their repertoire, so they were always like, like subpar to his style. Yeah, you know, the boxing is to me one of the most effective forms of learning how to punch and evade, and you know, just overall conditioning and so on. It's it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous way of training. You know, it's been called the sweet science, okay? Yeah. For for good reason. Right. I had a boxing gym next door to mine. One of my long-term friends runs that. And, uh, you know, he, he you know he fought professionally for probably a decade. And they have been teaching ever since. And, you know, it's like basics, basics, basics. He said, a lot of people don't really want to learn how to box anymore. They just want to break a sweat, hit in the bag. Right. And they don't, really, they don't really care about learning. They just want to do cardio. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the but thing he knows is, how to teach. yeah. The, I mean, uh, like when I watch um, uh, fighting styles on on YouTube and, and or I see them on TV or whatever, like like the good fighters are always like operating from a very strong stance and they're moving their hips and their hip. If the power is coming from the hip, and you got to have you got to be able to open your hips, you know, especially if you're doing kicks and stuff too. So right. it, it's, you know, and that, and that's what I think is cool about with, with, uh, the mace is that you could, you could help develop some of that with the, um, you know, swinging in the transverse plane and, um, instead of just hitting weights all the time, you know, um, with the, do you think that if, if mace came about earlier in time, um, and you were still practicing martial arts, it would have added to it and helped it more? Well, I think, yeah, it, it would have. You know, it was, um, when, I don't know if you ever read Scott Sonnen's book, Circular Strength or not, but that was, a, I just read that thing from cover to cover, studied it, highlighted it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I thought it was great. Just the timing was right, and of course, back back then there was like uh, very few people making that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I just look at the price tag. I go, oh man, I, I'm like, I can't do that. Man, <laughs> so it priced me right out. So uh, the only other person I saw ever use a mace, and that was about back in 2010, was uh, actually Bud Jeffries, the strongman, and he had come to our gym to do a strongman seminar. And and part of it was uh, he had a homemade mace, and he was swinging a mace. And uh, and it still didn't catch on to me yet, you know. But later on, it did. It was not. And when was that? Six years later. How long ago was that that you saw him swinging a miss? Probably 2010. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, are you pretty familiar with Bud? Uh, just a little bit. And actually, Don um, mentioned him, and you guys all talked to him, right? Yeah, that just no joke. I've known Bud since two thousand and four, uh, and I mean, Bud and I are personal friends. I've 
fact, I just had lunch with him about a month ago up in his town. So just I knew his son, the son that was killed a couple of years ago. I knew his son real well. And so, but Bud has a bit, been a major influence. And Bud's, I was watching him the other day in one of his videos, and he was he was using clubs and uh, and with all his other stuff. So, which brings me back to you know, maces. Yes, big and big and part and important what we do, but the clubs are too. So that's that's one of the things that kind of differentiates makes it from a lot of other programs that are out there. Yes. Because the clubs are a ma- major part of what we do. Right. And, uh, and uh, heavy clubs in particular. So, Yeah. Um, you know, like I'm currently working on getting a Macefit certification, you know, and I've, and I've been going through it and um, I've been using more clubs and I'm loving it, you know, and there's, there's just some other – like well you know i got totally into mace and i I was enjoying that and i noticed the clubs similar but it offers a whole different level of uh feedback and how i how i feel doing it so i'm really starting to get into it a lot um when somebody goes through your certification program uh they have to either do a video with you well, they have to send in videos, but what's the final? The final is they have to do a live video or they have to do it in person, right? Actually, we have uh, for the online course. Actually, the online course is going to be uh, terminated on the end of, end of December, and it'll, the course part will still be up, but the certification part will, uh, from then on, will have to be live. Okay. okay so the right how it is right now is uh, you go through the course. Then you have a written test first, and then you have a uh, test of you doing uh, a selected number of movements from the course. And then the third part of the test is you teaching someone else how to do uh, X number of movements from the course. And so all that's reviewed before uh, certification is, is uh, granted. So, okay. so we know that because some people are terrible at taking tests, written tests. Right. Uh, other people are great at taking written tests, so yeah. we didn't want everything to revolve around just that. So that's what had to be. Okay, let's see you move with this stuff. And now you teach someone else how to move with this. So then we also want to see how well they can coach, right. not just how well they can do it, but how well they can teach someone else to do it. Right. So and that that's how that's how that goes. How many so, um, do you, do you do a lot of certifications over the year? We have, we're usually only doing maybe two, maybe three a year. Okay. But what that's now, we started doing uh, invitation only certifications. So right, right now, I've got uh, invitation only in February uh, and in May. Both we have a uh, uh, open sort of a public certification coming up. Um, at the Orlando Strongman 2 competition, and uh, the person who's hosting that is a strongman MMA fighter, Karinga Conway. He's bringing us up to his gym in March to do a general sort of public, open to the public certification. So he like he got a hold of our uh, clubs at the Tampa Bay Strongman Classic, and he got his hands on and started moving around with the clubs, and then like, like I want to know more about this. So we communicate a little more and. So uh, we're in the process of him and Donnie getting a, his gym fixed up with addicts equipment and up there certifying him and whoever else would, comes up to that event. Then uh, we also have a level two certification coming up for Mace Fit. And that's, oh, really? uh, that's, a harder, that's a harder one. They're all hard. But yeah. Level two is going to be training people that will actually do present at certification. And, uh, so they're going to be screened pretty carefully, and there's a oh we got we handpick those people out of our other group of coaches. So okay, all right. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta I gotta get my certification for level one. Um, and you so you're in Sarasota, and you're saying right. in in May people could come down to Sarasota and do the live certification. Yeah, I've got I'm going to have one because um, we have. We have um, Mace Fest, which is uh, something we started last year, right. which is uh, 
we say it's two days of learning, feasting, and fun. It's uh, we have a number of people come in and teach. We had like four or five different coaches last year that came in and taught, and then we get we get food brought in. We had some of that great barbecue brought in, yeah. and uh, other other food during the weekend. So and everybody just uh, trains hard. We, we eat together, and then uh, Brad Hutchins, uh, you've had on your show, I believe, Brad. Brad Brad's also one of our coaches and he's uh he wanted to do a flash mob down down the road at Siesta Key Beach. So we went down there and brought maybe uh, you know, twelve, fifteen people down to swing and maces on the beach out on the Gulf of Mexico. So that was Mace Fest. So that's May fifteenth and sixteenth. The um Excuse me, 16th and 17th. Oh, okay. So if somebody wants to be part of Maze Fest and get their certification, they could do it all that same time frame. Yeah. So what we're doing is that week is the Friday before we're going to have, that's when our level two certification is. But the two days before that, that's going to be the invitation only live certification. And that's the people will, they'll, they're invited. They'll get an email. Uh huh. You know? Okay. So we've been we found and uh, we're liking it better doing invitation only than uh, general open to the public most of the time. So most of what we're doing now is private, and we'll do we'll still still do public ones. Yeah. But uh, okay, so we, have, we got a good, we got a good real good response at um, at the Tampa Bay Strongman Classic. People were very interested in, in what we had. We did a lot of demos up there. Right. That's how we ended up going to be. Helping to sponsor this next strongman competition uh, up in Orlando. Then you know you talked. I heard on some of your earlier podcasts talk about the Vintage Strength Games. Yeah. And uh, as you already know, you're gonna be doing. We're gonna be podcasting from the one in Miami. Yeah. And uh, so that that's gonna be really good. So that will be the one in Virginia was the East Coast Regional. Miami will be the Southeast Regional. Uh, we are planning on doing a Northeast Regional. I'm staying primarily on this coast for now, but the next year's um, Southeast Regional will be at the T- Tampa Bay Convention Center. Okay. That's a big deal. Yeah. Getting in that place, okay, during the big strength and fitness expo that they do there every year. So when you can get your to the venue as a convention center, you get pretty big venue. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So th- that's actually in the works, or is, is it a done deal? Yeah, it's going to be August 29th next uh, year. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. It's good. I, you get, I got that date. I'm going to have to make sure I get down here for that. Now, what about the Northeast one? What, do you guys have a, a venue lined up? Not yet. What Do you We're, have an area? Like, is it going to be New York or is it going to be New Jersey? Or It, it could be anywhere from, uh, you know, New York, New Jersey, New England, that okay. general area. So Okay. But we haven't established a location yet, but we will. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, yeah. So the uh, the vintage um, strength games, and I had a question for you. I I saw in your um, in your profile, you're a vintage strength coach. Uh, what it, is that tied in with vintage strength games? That was vintage strength was a program run by uh, Valerie Pulowski and Don Jarfadino back. Back then, right. prior to my uh, incorporating the, uh, the Mace Fit program, actually, what kind of was kind of happening simultaneously, because I was actually using already using running a program at my gym before I get certified with those guys. So, uh, but yeah, I get that also. Nice, yeah, so, yeah, and, and that was a good certification. But it was a Mace Fit just went beyond. That was good for basic uh, technique. But you know, one of the strongest points of MaceFit is program design. The programming—you know, learn how to program. Yeah. Aside from more than swinging a mace. Right. Yeah. It's more than picking up a club. You got to be able to write programs and coach the program. And uh, so we really focused on helping gyms start MaceFit programs and keep them going—a sustainable, long-term course. How do you help keep them going? What's the thing that you could do to help a gym keep something like that strong 
As far as the coaches that we certify or our own group here? Well, yeah, the, like if you certify a coach and they open up a MaceFit program in their gym or um, they're a coach that goes to a gym and, and they invite them in and say, hey, you can teach your MaceFit program here, um, it, it, there's, you're indicating that there's a, a support for them so they could continue keeping it going and, and maintaining it? Yeah. Well, one is that they have open access to uh, the leadership team of Macefit, which is myself, Donnie Jarfadino, and Valerie Palowski. We have, that's our leadership team right there. Yeah. And okay. so they're, you know, we're there for their questions uh, about any time and help them any way that we can. We also have um, a section on our website called Coach's Corner, which is all training resources for them. That's a password protected area. That's stuff that they need to know. It's all on there. Ah. Once you're certified, they get the password to go in there. And then on the social media, we've got a uh, a group set aside just for Facebook, uh, Facebook, Mace Fit Coaches. So we can update them on there. And as always, they always have access to do by by phone, email, or text, and we'll, we'll help them. We promote their events, uh, their local events, as much as they want us to. And uh, we try to, you know, stay in contact with them, just kind of take the pulse of the group, see how everybody's doing, and. Uh, so that's that's a good that's good support for them. That's and, uh, great support. I mean, I you know yeah. just I know you and and Val and and Don, just the that as your leadership right there. You guys have a long time doing this. Um, you're you're a gym owner yourself, so you know the ins and outs of owning a gym and what it takes to keep things going and keep clientele uh, connected and engaged and. Uh, Don is, you know, obviously he started Adex. He's done, he's done all kinds of work throughout his life. And then Val, I mean, she's got such a long history with, you know, being a kettlebell champ and everything else. Um, and you know, I mean, just having that as your like a, a structured background for that you could tap into all all the knowledge that you guys have. That's that's no joke. It's not like you know, I mean, you know, somebody could start a program fine but what's the depth you know what's the lineup you know it's like a, a a baseball team that has a lot of good experienced people in it a lot of depth and they could get through a game or whatever so that's that's great that's fantastic stuff i appreciate it fred but and you know we value input also from from the coaches so we set up what's called the coaches advisory board and that's by people that are already coaches and they and it's basically it's helping to map out the future of Macefit. Yeah. On uh, we we want fresh ideas besides our own. So we have an X number of volunteers as well as a leadership team on that board, so we can get constant input from them on wow. what will uh, work best. Yeah. So that helps a lot. Sure, that's awesome too. I mean, you got all that. Another thing that um, Macefit does, and part of this was triggered by being affiliated with CrossFit all those years was we, we set up uh, an affiliate program, but what I learned, I learned what worked good and I learned what didn't work so good. So, uh, and I structured our affiliate program to be vastly different. Okay. So yeah. in our program, when a person becomes a licensed affiliate, they have to be certified first to become a certified and licensed affiliate. Then they're going to get if they're in a, a rural or suburban area, they get a 15-mile protected area on every side of their location. Right. No one else can teach mace fit in that area. And uh, if they're in an urban area, urban metro like uh, LA, DC, New York City, downtown Miami, or something like that, they'll still get a protected area, but it's five miles because of the density of a major city. Yeah. But that's still, if across, that's a 10-mile spread. In a downtown of a major city, that's huge. Yeah, so we we won't certify any other coaches in that area. So, yeah, that is huge. I mean, you know, I mean, you're, you're you figure um, how many people are in that ten mile area, just or five mile radius, but you, there's a ton of people living in there that are passing yeah. through or working there or whatever. So, like, if you're a affiliate, you're going to have a lot of customer potential customers potential clients in your area yeah and that's and you know the people that become affiliates now 
or being an affiliate sooner is better than being an affiliate later. Though it's always a good idea. Yeah. So right now, you know, if you get if you're an affiliate in uh, what's the big what's the biggest city near you? New York City. Okay, so if you're an affiliate in New York City, and uh, you know, as the idea catches on more and more and more, affiliates will pop up all over the place. Okay, and you know, just like when CrossFit took off. Okay, um, the people that get their territory protected now, when it grows, and it will, and, and when it when it hits hyper growth one day, which it probably will. Yeah, the people are already have their protected territories it's going to be theirs okay yeah. and people that don't you know they people that are certified and not affiliated they they can teach anywhere outside of that area okay but they can't go in that area unless they're working for those guys okay right so i hope that make that complicated i hope not but no i think you kind of had that look on your face <laughs> no 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 that's no <laughs> It's it's yeah. the uh, it's just that the uh, the sound and the video it's a little uh, difficult to follow sometimes. So I was just digesting it. Oh, okay, that yeah yeah you know the uh, when I left CrossFit I left on good terms. I still respect them, you know. But I was uh, one of the things I learned was that if I was an affiliate for them, a guy opened a hundred yards away from me, and it was okay. Yeah, you know, and that was uh, I would determine not to that not to be the case in our affiliation. Right. That's yeah. That's that's not cool when you you know you <laughs> you're paying money or whatever, and and you get set up, and then like you said, right across the street, somebody's doing the same exact thing, and that's not helping either one of them out. It's uh, hurting both. No, of you. yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. So, so our our affiliates will be protected, and we'll make sure they stay protected so that's and uh plus you know the other thing is too just you know on, on the legal side of things you know our, our our logo is a registered trademark with the u.s government right and like no one can use it without our permission so the affiliates get full use any kind of advertising they want to do uh i mean if they want to do tv radio and the other they won't put billboards up they'll put big signs outside they can do all that stuff oh cool and people that are certified yeah certified only they can still use that like on their business card and on their social media. That's all good, but yeah. no external advertising. You yeah. Know, that's, uh, right. That's great. I mean, you got it all set up, Frank. And like you said, you, you guys learn from, you learn what doesn't work and what does work. And, and obviously uh, you're applying everything that works, which makes sense. So that that's fantastic. And how do people, uh, get in touch with you if they're interested in the certification program. Well, of course they they can uh, follow us on our blog, our website, macefit.com. Everything we're going to do will be posted up there, and they'll get an email automatically from there. They can also uh, go on our Macefit page on Facebook or on Macefit Nation, and you'll find uh, a lot of info right there. Well, we have an event coming up, you know, we'll, we'll do like Facebook event and we'll promote that like, um, like a certification coming up in March. We're already promoting that. The event page is already up and, uh, it's like any other event on Facebook, you know, yeah. if you're interested, click, if you're going, you got questions, put them in the discussion and, and, and of course they can always call text or email. So we're open to all, all forms of communication. We'll okay. do a private yeah. certification in someone else's gym uh, if they request it. We know we have certain guidelines we have to go by. Like we're supposed to go into South Carolina to do one next year, which we're working on fine-tuning that. Maybe. We're not positive yet. Maybe Arizona. Uh, we'll see about that later on. So. All right. Cool. Yeah, just keep us notified. And anytime you want to, uh, you know, put a blast out on where you're traveling to, come back on the podcast and – Let's hear about it. Let's talk more about Mace and working out and stuff and, um, you know, just in, have a good uh, good time with it. So, Frank, I, I appreciate you coming on and um, good talk. I, I really hope to um, – I'm definitely going to see you at the Vintage Strength Games in Miami, but I really hope to get to your gym. So I'm going to talk to you more about it as, as we uh, 
get a look at the calendar ahead. And um, as far as getting in touch with you in any other places, would you, you're on Instagram, right? You're, uh, what's your Instagram handle? Instagram is CavePix, C-A-V-E-P-I-Z, P-I-C-Z-2, CavePix2. Okay. And we're, we're on uh, Twitter at, at Dewissified. <laughs> yeah, just okay. how it sounds, right? Yeah. All right, good. All right, man. Um, yeah, I guess I'll – thanks for coming on. I'll be talking to you soon, all right? We're, we're going to be uh, hooking up down there, and I'm I'm excited for it. I got my 8X mace coming in, and uh, I'm going to be swinging. Right. Yeah, I'm going to be taking it to the firehouse with me and just swinging whenever I can. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to stretch some hose if there's a fire. But, <laughs> hey, you know, I got to swing the mace. Yeah, that's good, man. I know you, I know you do well. And uh, I'll tell you how much I appreciate your show. It's really well done. Uh, you know, you carry the conversation well. You ask good questions. Thank you. Keep it, keep it humorous at the same time. That's good. Yeah, so you got to laugh. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in Miami. I look forward to having you on the Mace Fit instructor team as well. Yeah. So that's uh, I'm coming. Get through your course. I believe it. Yeah. You get through the course. If you have any questions with the course, make sure you let me know. All right, I will. I appreciate it, Frank. I appreciate you and everything you do. And keep it going. We, I'm loving it. And I think the rest of the world is going to love it the more it catches on. So stay with it, my friend. I appreciate it, man. All right. Keep up the good work, Fred. Yeah. Thanks. Take care, buddy. All right. Take care. Bye.